0: Welcome to the third episode of our Unhappy Not Ill podcast. Hello. Hi, guys. (laughs) Um, Just before we start, I just wanted to remind you guys as to why we're doing this and why we hope you're going to benefit from it, because this is actually quite a unique situation in that you're basically getting an insight into, sorry, Nettie, but the life of a someone who has suffered with depression. Um, yeah, and, and you're getting all the nitty gritties. You're getting all the signs through life that Vanessa got. Um, and hopefully it'll help you notice the signs for you. Um, but it's also a unique opportunity because it's, it's coming from someone and two people who aren't famous. It's coming from someone that could be you. And it's coming from someone that hopefully you can relate to more. Yeah, because I think the most important thing to note here is
1: that although mental health and depression is definitely spoken about more, um, people seem to only hear about it from household names, famous people, which in itself makes it unrelatable um, because you just automatically assume those people have a reason to be depressed. Whereas it is much harder for people to imagine that you can be depressed if you are a regular person and you haven't achieved or done something extraordinary, which of course I haven't. And the other thing, the other thing that's really important for me, which I'm really passionate about is mental health. You hear a lot about it and you hear a lot about how men don't talk about it, but yet I only hear men talking about it. (laughs) I don't hear women talking about mental health because the reality is people expect women to have mental health issues. It's kind of just part of being a woman because we're hormonal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, And it's why, well, it's a forum now for men because, you know, men aren't allowed to have mental illness because they're men. Well, women aren't allowed to have mental illness because we're women and we've got hormones and that's the reason we have mental illness. So that's why I want to talk about it because I have had it. I did suffer. It caused huge cost to my life. Um, But I'm still standing. And I'm not just standing. I'm thriving now. I'm not even surviving anymore. I'm thriving.
0: Yeah. So let's progress with talking about the topic of leaving home. And, Neddy, obviously for you, this would have been quite a big deal. You mentioned in the previous episode that you went to sleep in your bed, in your room, in your house, Every night. Um, so, gosh, how was that for you? It was traumatic. Um, oh, my God. It was really
1: traumatic. Um, <laughs> because I just had... I was a mummy's girl, for sure. Um, so my mum and I are very close. Um, and I always knew where my mum was. Yeah. You know, in the house. Um, and leaving home was a real wrench and that was made 100 times worse by the fact that I'd been at my school for nine years. So it was two big wrenches. Gosh, yeah, 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 so a lot of familiarity, a lot of routines suddenly had to change. And I think that that probably started to hit me when I was about 17. Uh, but, you know, it's difficult, isn't it? Because, again, you we didn't talk about that. In in well, certainly it wasn't talked about. Everyone was expected to be dead excited to go to university, leave home. I didn't really? want to leave home, not yeah. at all. I had, I liked my home, so but again, I wasn't allowed to really be honest about that. I just had to pretend I was really excited to leave home, but in truth, it was the opposite of what I wanted to do. Um, so leaving home was traumatic. So I went to Birmingham University, uh, but I didn't do that straight away. So I did my A levels. Uh, went to London School of Economics, um, started my law degree there, got really homesick,
0: really, really homesick. Oh gosh, I didn't realise that. Yeah. I thought you just rejected the offer from LSE.
1: No, no, I actually started there. I did oh, a term yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did my first term at the LSE, which, you know, I wish I wish I'd have done my degree there because it's a fabulous institution. But I was depressed and I was depressed because I was homesick because leaving home was a wrench and I wasn't equipped in my life to deal with that. Um, you know, I had younger brothers and sisters, so, you know, again, your attachments tend to be stronger when you've got younger siblings. Um, and my parents, I guess, you know, I was a very important part of that support wheel. So there were so many things on my shoulders that it made it very difficult for me to go away to university and settle.
0: Yeah, I get it.
1: So I came back, um, from the LSE, deferred my year um, and I just worked in that year, but I was so depressed. That was when I was really depressed. Gosh, what did you do? I just worked. So I had three jobs, but I didn't in... do anything in different... Well, I worked for my dad's business, so I used to be a receptionist. I was a cleaner and I worked in a, in a bar. So literally I filled my days with working just to earn money. And... I had no real social interaction because I was depressed
0: So when you weren't working, you were at home? Yeah, but I had three jobs. So I I worked, always working, yeah. Yeah.
1: So I basically just worked. And when I wasn't working, um, I was really depressed. And when you say depressed, what did you feel? I just didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to be with anybody. Um, I didn't want to go, I I guess. I felt that I should have been at university, but I didn't want to be. And I couldn't have that discussion. Yeah. So... I was depressed. At the time? I was also confused about my sexuality, but I didn't know that.
0: Oh, God. Right. Okay, let me just, like, segment this for our listeners today. Um, You were depressed and keeping up three jobs. How did you keep that up? Like, what did you do to wake up in the morning despite not wanting to see everyone and being a receptionist, which, by the way, it has high interaction with people?
1: Yeah, I... You just, you don't really think about it like that. You're conditioned, aren't you? Like you're conditioned to just get up and go to work. So I was at home. I wanted to earn money. Um, I was going to go travelling. I went into railing later that year. I was just very depressed because I wasn't living the life an 18-slash-19-year-old should be
0: living. Should, be, should, should. should. Yeah, yeah, it's all shoulds. And, and tell me, you you say that you were depressed because you'd tried to leave home and then came back, even though you knew why you, didn't, you wanted to come back. And you were depressed because you weren't doing what a typical person of that age um, was doing. And you were depressed because you kind of didn't fit in because you were gay, but you didn't know it. Did you know that at the time? Or no. do you, is that what you say you no, back? No, what, it's what I know now. Yeah. At the time. How, what, how did it make you feel? Because that's a lot of stuff. At the
1: time, I think I just blamed it on not getting into Oxford University. That's what I think I did. I, you know, I oh, right. I only so wanted. To get, for I only wanted to go to Oxford University, and I remember I'd done my um, some legal internship with a law firm in Oxfordshire, and the senior partner there, who went to Oxford himself, had said, "If Vanessa doesn't get into Oxford, I'll eat my hat." Um, he's still alive, so he didn't eat his hat. However. <laughs> It was that much a foregone conclusion. So when I didn't, you know, that was a huge trauma for me. So I didn't yeah. even think about the other universities. Like LSE, I subsequently found out it's harder to get into than Oxford <laughs> at that time. And you, yeah. And I just got an offer like that, turned up and thought, no, I don't like it. Um, oh my gosh, I didn't like yeah. London. I found it overwhelming. I found it scary. Like I was clearly at this point depressed. And when you're depressed, you do not... React in the same way as when you're not depressed. But because I didn't know I was depressed,
0: yeah.
1: I took those signs as being, I don't want to do it. But actually, I was just depressed. And did your employees notice anything? I wasn't employed then. I no, just... but the people you work for, so like at reception? And... Well, it was my dad. Um, cleaning, you work on your own. And um, I worked, I also actually forgot, I worked for my cousin as well in a sandwich shop. She knew, my cousin Marilena, she knew I was a bit depressed and she did try to talk to me. But I, at that point, was starting to think I could be gay um, and I didn't think I could be gay because some of the rhetoric at that time was you need to get a boyfriend. By the way, guys, I hadn't had a boyfriend at this age. So I was now... 18 years of age and I'm not saying I didn't have little boyfriends here and there but I had not had sex and I thought that was because I'd been to a convent and I was a good Catholic girl yeah but really it was because I was gay and I wasn't that bothered
0: um and you know you say you you kind of started to realize that you might not be
1: well I knew something wasn't right
0: and I wouldn't necessarily that thinking
1: because I wasn't attracted to men in the way I should be and I was attracted to women in a way I shouldn't be. Mm. <laughs> but I wasn't prepared to admit that to myself. Um, and I definitely didn't want... I didn't see my family as being particularly supportive of that message. Um, so it's definitely not what I wanted for me. And I definitely don't Especially think... Especially when what...
0: you've come from a family that was so close yeah, to Yeah, because it's very
1: traditional. You know, my dad is a... He's, he's a hairdresser. So he is actually quite cool in that he's stylish and he's young and he's worked around lots of different types of people, creatives. But fundamentally, he's an Italian man who thinks that, you know, ideally you're better off in life if you marry a man and have children and have a marriage. And, you know, it's only really when he got to like you that that view changed, Esty, you know that um so he he always wanted someone to look after me my dad didn't really understand the concept of the fact that
0: I could look after myself even though he knew I was very capable and I'm sitting here 30 years on um you basically felt like shit and you went into railing. so yeah did you go into railing because that was the done thing
1: yeah well I kind of had to have a nod to doing something a little bit normal in my year of hell yeah um but I was, just How was that? Re- I, I, I hated it, really. I hated it because I wasn't well. But I didn't know I wasn't well. And I wasn't well because I was unhappy. And if you're unhappy for long enough and deeply unhappy enough, you are going to be ill. But talk, going back to leaving this. home, um, I ha- I didn't want to do it. I hated it. Yeah. But I did go to Birmingham University. Talk to us
0: about Birmingham University. So
1: after my year off, um, I started at Birmingham University. And again, that was... Okay, so because I'd applied the way I'd applied where I'd left university and then got into Birmingham, it had been one of my original choices. But anyway, long story short, I didn't end up going into halls of residence. And my parents were fortunate enough that they were able to put a deposit on a house for me to buy. And so, again, everybody listening will think, well, aren't you spoiled? But I, I hated that because I had to then live in a really unusual way at university maybe it's more usual now particularly after covid but certainly back in the 1990s um i missed out a lot so i didn't go into halls my first job at university was to find people who i had no connection with to live with me in the first year at university so you usually find your housemates after your first year yeah i had to go and advertise rooms and live with people who had done their first years um You know, there were no. Are you still in
0: touch with them now? No,
1: I I didn't really have any contacts from university. University was a very functional experience for me. Okay, yeah. Um, So you got
0: you gosh, you had a house. So you know, you're looking after children. Yeah, you're looking after children. You have a very strong root network with your family, and you've got a house now. So what happened then? So I did um,
1: in my first year. I was very, uh, you know, I was I was a landlady. Um and I obviously had to make friends. Now I did law, so it was slightly easier because when you do a law degree, you do actually have to work at it. so we were way. in the law we were in the law library a lot, and in those days, you know, we didn't have computers, so you did go to the law library God, you're so old. I know <laughs> <laughs> I used to write my essays um so i I used to go to the law library, so I met people that way. It was much easier, but it wasn't ideal, but other than running a house. That I didn't want. Um, the other pressure I had was there was noise in the background about the fact Vanessa hadn't had a boyfriend. Vanessa hadn't had sex. Was Vanessa gay? Oh gosh, yeah. And that kind of was in my head. Um, yeah. And so I thought I'd have to take the plunge, and I did. And I met a guy, and he was really lovely. His name was Matthew Shaw. Um, and by the way, that was in my head, I didn't know I was gay. I yeah. know now I was gay yeah. but at the time. I didn't know that's what I was It was really with. blocked out, yeah. And so I did meet Matthew thinking I was heterosexual. And, you know, we had quite a turbulent relationship, but it was a lot of fun. Um, and so I was with him for my first year at uni. Okay. Um, which was good because he was great for me. You know, he absolutely adored me. Oh, perfect. Um, but again, I wasn't having the normal experience you'd have at university because the first thing I did was hook up
0: yeah, totally, somebody. Yeah, totally get it. Um,
1: because I, I didn't really want to go wild. I mean, maybe I knew that if I did, it could go very horribly wrong, but I didn't want to go wild and I'd never been wild. I'd never done this teenage um, wildness
0: that you did. Basically when I did. Yeah, yeah. I
1: never did that. <laughs> yes. um, so we hooked up and I saw him for the first year. And then in my second year, when I, I, I was uh, at the end of my first year, I did really well in my first year, like absolutely smashed out of the park and then became treasurer of the Inns of Court Student Association because I wanted to be a barrister at that point. Okay. Um, and then when I was doing some of the admin for the second year, I came across a guy called David and when he joined, we hooked up and I ended up going out with him for the rest of my university time. So over my university time, I was in relationships. Yeah. Um, And, uh, you know, I wouldn't undo that at all because they were both great guys. But again, it was almost like I was not allowing myself to find out who I was again. That's how it feels.
0: Fascinating. Um,
1: And so university was quite functional. I got very depressed in my third year
0: to the point that I didn't uh, attend any lectures. Would you say it was kind of... Because I remember we were talking about the, you know, the 12 to 22 years. At this point, is it a continual gradual decline or is it up and down? No,
1: no, I think I probably got depressed around about 17. Yeah, okay. And it was just learning to live with the depression. Yeah, okay. I definitely had started taking some medication. Um, I don't think I was on medication um, when I first started university, but certainly in my third year, I had a real breakdown. And I moved home. What did the breakdown consist of? I just withdrew from life. Couldn't concentrate, um, didn't enjoy anything, didn't want to do anything.
0: Were you still with David at this point?
1: Yeah, I was still with David and he was brilliant. But um, I just couldn't couldn't show up in my third year. And I was seeing a therapist then and the therapist said to me, "Um, delay your – by the way – In the midst of all of this, I was applying for and getting opportunities for training contracts. So it was not like I was sat in a chair disengaged from life. I was still showing up in my second year. I did summer placements at some of the top law firms in London and and, um, we used to have selection days. Um, And then in my and then I had this unconditional offer from um, the global law firm that I ended up doing my training contract with. And. In a way, that took a bit of pressure off me because it was an unconditional offer. But my third year was, I think I paid the price because I just literally couldn't cope. And I moved home for big chunks of that third year to such a degree that the medical advice was defer your year. But I just, somebody at the time, and I've got a feeling it was somebody in my family, I think it was my big brother, said... That if you drop out of university, the chances of you going back or defer university, the chances of going back were quite slim, and I just didn't want to fail because I didn't fail, did I?
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So I didn't defer. So I did my exams on Gosh. all everybody else's notes, um, and I was one percent off um, a two-one. Yeah. So of course I failed because in my first year in I got a first. Head. Yeah. In my first year I got a first. Um, And then in those three years, my performance declined, but my input didn't. So that was a sign of the depression, which was because it it clogs up your brain. Yeah, absolutely. Like it stops you processing, and it doesn't matter how hard you work, your brain just doesn't work back. So I was putting 150% in, and in my first year I got 150% out. In the subsequent years, they just kept going down. Yeah. So I scraped through, but it was pre-Disability Discrimination Act. Um, so it was pre-1995. Yeah. And it was my tutor called me in and he was like, wow, it's incredible. And I was like, I failed. Um,
0: and by the way, I still had this job offer. Oh, um, incredible. So, yeah, and then I... Had you done a practice or like um, summer placements with the company that gave you the unconditional job yeah. offer? Okay, yeah. so you would clearly like thrashed it and impressed them so much. Yeah, they absolutely loved me. That they gave you an unconditional (laughs) job offer. They grew to hate me, but they loved me to start with. Oh, gosh. Okay. Yeah. Um,
1: But, you know, yeah, it it was incredible. And I was very lucky. And I was, again, fairly high profile at university. But you know what? I didn't connect with anyone because I was depressed.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gosh.
1: So then after university, I graduated. And that was a really proud moment because, A, I probably didn't know I was going to... To, to graduate because I was so depressed and I definitely was on medication at this point but is this the same
0: medication that you got when you were 17 or was there stuff to be honest with you I don't know I can't remember it's, okay. it's hard Fine. to remember yeah um and guys we will talk about why Vanessa's memory has gone um about this period but, of life but it which isn't nice but, but it, yeah
1: but it you know I then went to do my LPC legal practice course so I did that in Birmingham? Yeah, I stayed in Birmingham yeah. because I was with my boyfriend at the time. Um, I had a house, remember that big responsibility chain? And so it just made sense. But again, I didn't get a different experience than experience I may have wanted. Um, so I did my LPC, got that in the bag. Um, I actually had a lot of fun in my LPC year, I have to say, I remember that being more fun than my university years. What made it that? Uh I think it was a bit of a fresh start. There were new people that I met. Um it is quite different to university because university I hadn't been in halls remember whereas when you join the LPC most everyone's people everyone's in the same camp yeah, of having their own place n- yeah, yeah so it was easier yeah um and you know I did well and actually okay this is quite significant I split up with my boyfriend that year um why because I just wasn't happy and I was feeling depressed and I just thought this relationship is the problem And it was, but it wasn't. So he was amazing, and we had an amazing relationship, but it wasn't making me happy. Um, And that's when I started to explore my sexuality. So that year, I was 23. You skipped something really important. You were engaged to him, weren't you? Yeah, I was engaged to him. (laughs) Ding, ding, ding! (laughs) Yeah, But again... And and listen, I don't regret being engaged to him yeah, because totally. he was a, a, an amazing guy. But we were way too young, and I didn't, I didn't even know who I was.
0: Yeah, um, gosh, so definitely. it was just
1: really, really poor poor timing. I mean, I hadn't even I didn't even know what made me happy, let alone who I wanted to marry. Um, so we split up, and literally within weeks, I was hanging out in the Birmingham gay um, area and that's where I met my first girlfriend. So I was 23. So maybe that's why that feels like a better year because it was the first time yeah, that yeah, I stepped nice. into the space of um, where, you felt more where I might be belong
0: Yeah,
1: because that was the thing. I never felt I belonged. And even though people will look at my life and think it was privilege, you know, I had great parents. I had a loving family. I went to private school. Um, I excelled at school. Um, I went to university and my parents' Bought me a house. I had my own car. Like, everybody thinks that's amazing. And it is. And, you know, it's definitely better I than... I think
0: people could judge it and say yeah.
1: privilege spoiled the lot. Definitely wasn't spoiled, guys. However, we were privileged and we did have lots of opportunities. But the thing is, those privileges come with an expectation that if you don't have, you don't have the expectation. So it, it was... I was lucky... But it didn't make me happy and it wasn't right for me.
0: So we're now at age 23. You've, you're You've doing your LPC? No, I did it. You've completed so, so it? I, yeah, yeah. I, was do,
1: I was kind of doing it and yeah. I, it was only a short year as, as academic years are. Um, I was having a lot of fun. I was going out a lot. So I was 23 going on about 14, 15. And I was literally <laughs> going out all the time um, on the gay scene having drinking way too much i didn't take drugs i never take drugs that's thank god i never took drugs with the history i had um but i did drink and you know burnt the candle at at both ends and did the minimum i could do in respect of my lpc um ready to start my legal training in the september of that 23rd slash i think i I think i would have been 22 going on 23
0: gosh i'm I'm always really keen that we leave um, our awesome listeners with a takeaway. Do you want to have a go at bringing together that takeaway for them? Yeah, I think leaving home
1: is, can be quite hard. So I, don't, I, lo- I listen now to youngsters. My niece has gone to university this year and other people I know are sending their kids off to university. Um, make sure when you go to university... You do what you want to do, not what other people want you to do. Yeah,
0: uh, uh, it's almost don't even go if you don't want to. Yeah, but it's almost the first time where you can be you because you are living with your with friends and you're away from home. So live it properly by doing what you want to do. Do have the real experience. Don't have what many might perceive
1: as the privileged experience because it was shit. Yeah. And, you know, I did what I needed to do, but I didn't have the university experience that you had, that's for sure, and definitely not what my brother and sister had.
0: And would, But would you say you'd have preferred to go to university and you would have stayed at home? No, absolutely not. No. I struggled to leave home,
1: so I think my tip is try not to make your life so rigid in, in, in the formative years that you struggle to leave, because the thing I noticed was I didn't have a lot of change in the first 18 years of my life. I've subsequently had nothing but change. But boy, that was a big hurdle. Yeah, so yeah, I think yeah. balance it's is It kind of all, all came too much. Yeah, like too so, you know, make sure that you do have enough time away from your security to understand what not being secure feels like. Yeah. Um, and of course, let's not forget this mental health thing. Like my mental health wasn't right, but I didn't have the tools to help myself or to fix it and I certainly wasn't being honest about it because how could I be honest? Then I'd be failing. So my tips would be be honest with yourself, follow what you want to do, not what other people want you to do and you know what? You might not enjoy university. I didn't. I don't think you have to. But again, it was really hard for me to acknowledge that.
0: And I think my 10 pens on that as well is, you know, universities have been functioning for so many years and have the best experience at giving the students the best environment to learn. Trust the universities. If they offer you halls, take the halls. You will meet so many more people that are your ilk in halls arguably it's the first time that you can pick who you want to hang out with rather than being shoved into a classroom with the people that you should hang out with.
1: Yeah, I think I think I wish I'd have taken the opportunities like there was loads of stuff there for being gay and of course I would never have explored that. that yeah. And I and I think the generation of people that are now are probably much more likely to explore it, but I think you're right. Make sure you get as many experiences as you can, but here's the other thing. Remember I was suffering with depression. Now, the fact that the depression was caused by me being really unhappy is irrelevant. I was clinically depressed. So university in that mindset is a whole different ball game. So probably what I should have done in hindsight was taken enough time out instead of racing to get to the finish line of my academic and um, career success. Yeah. So if, if you are feeling unsure, take some time out and just maybe gradually work out when you're ready rather than getting on the treadmill of societal expectation, which I jumped on quite young and only jumped off when I was about 40. Yeah.
0: So the takeaway, guys, is listen to and do what you want to do. Um, An and action that we want to inspire you with today is, you know, it doesn't need to be for university. It can, it can be a question you ask yourself for every decision in life. Is this actually something that you, and say your name, you want to do in that situation and in that position. Um, That is the end of our episode. We are going to be talking in our next episode about my career, about Vanessa's career. So we're jumping out of university life, uh, which thankfully Vanessa had one fun year in. Um, But yeah, we're moving into the life of a lawyer, I guess, and how Vanessa's career shaped her who she is today. I encourage you all to follow us on Instagram, follow this podcast if you haven't already and share, share, share uh, to share the love. Thank you very much. See you, bye.